Welcome aboard, adventurers! To journey into the Dragon Towers, you must make sure you keep your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the glider at all times, and make sure you keep an eye on your children. Wait a minute. That's not a real ride, <laughs> No, it's not. Here's the thing. We're dealing with a movie set in a fantasy world, and in my fantasy world, we have Beastly Kingdom and Animal Kingdom, oh. which just has a dragon-themed ride. So, yeah. You we, can tell we're running out of spiels. Yeah, we're getting to that point. <laughs> we're, we are to the second to last movie, as of right now, for the Disney, well, Disney Animation Studios. Whoa, our five-year journey is nearly at its end. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> you, can't, you can't hear it, but our guest is, is making incredible facial expressions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hello, welcome to Anna Musings. I'm your host, Kayla King. I'm joined by my co-host, David King. What's up, you cool people? And we have our guest, a returning guest. I think he last joined us for Jungle Book, yes. 2018. Uh, Justin Kizan, everyone. Hello, hi. All right, the, 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 you can speak now. Hooray. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> oh my goodness, was it 2018? Yeah, that's that re- was 2018. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. I know. <laughs> it took us entirely too long to get you back on the show. And I've been meaning to. I've been wanting to. And you, you both were like, oh, pick a movie you want to talk about. And I'm like, I don't know what else. <laughs> like, anything else I was considering, it's like, oh, someone got that? All right, never mind. It's cool. I'll wait. Yeah. Yeah. And Raya I, I, wasn't... Didn't even exist by that point. No. Was, we had no idea. We yeah. didn't know Ryan was Ryan was going to be a thing. At yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, well, I mean that kind of that kind of takes the cat in the bag. We were talking about, but then you read the title when you downloaded the episode. So uh, yes, we are discussing. Uh, was this twenty twenties or twenty twenty one? Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty ones. Raya and the Last Dragon. Mm-hmm. Now uh, this is going to be interesting. We are. This is number fifty nine. This is wow. the fifty ninth Walt Disney Animation Studios feature. We, this is the second to last movie that exists, as you said. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I know we're gonna re- it's going to really hit us in the next one, so maybe I'll save my sentiments for there. Let's talk about uh, the development of this film. Okay, so I'm going to have to talk about something that's outside of the Disney realm, because this what? is actually important. In 2015, the hashtag, hashtag Oscar So White, took off, and this started getting Hollywood thinking, maybe we should have more diversity. This you is probably... Think? You think? In 2018, Crazy Rich Asians comes out. Oh. It is the top grossing romantic comedy in 10 years. Oh. And the sixth highest grossing altogether at this time. And it received high praise. So, <laughs> this is at least a thing. Maybe we should do more. <laughs> you can make money with diversity. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> um, and... <laughs> So, uh, Crazy Rich Asian screenwriter Adele Lim, it was announced that she and Moana producer Oznat uh, Sher are working on an Asian-themed fantasy adventure. And then in 2019 at D23, Raya and the Last Dragon was announced with Cassie Steele as playing Raya and Aquafina as Sisu. Along with it, we have directors Don Hall, who worked on Big Hero 6, and a newcomer, Carlos Lopez Estrada, who directed a film called Blind Spotting, which received critical acclaim. And then they also brought in playwright, forgive me for butchering this, it's Keen uh, Wynn? It's spelled Q-U-I is the first name, but um, the last name is Wynn. Probably Keen Wynn. Yeah. Okay. And she joined uh, Adele Lim in the screenwriting of this. And then uh, Paul Briggs and John Rupa serve as co-directors. Okay. 
we have Raya. <laughs> and Raya takes inspiration from Southeast Asian cultures uh, like Singapore, Laos, Thailand, Vietnam, the Philippines, etc. And they actually took uh, research trips to multiple countries and worked with a Southeast Asia story trust, similar to what they did with, like, Moana and... Oh, and even, like, and Frozen. Even yeah, Frozen. even Frozen, were, yeah. they were like, we, we, we'll go to the, like, indigenous, like, the indigenous Norwegian folks. Like, yes. Yeah. To, uh, cre- to create the um, fictional... The, the North Aldrins. Yes, yeah. thank you. What's funny is I, I keep thinking about these research trips they go on, and this is still better than the parking lot people had to visit for cars. <laughs> oh no, my uh, when the, uh, recently this is so much better. One of my recently favorite ones was that uh, Rich Moore uh, got angry. He's like, "Oh, you're going to this place? You know what we had to do for uh, Wreck It Ralph? We we had to go to a, go to an arcade." <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. Like, that's the one. Yeah, we, we t- <laughs> in like some random Californian city. I can't even remember which one. Like, I think it's like Arcadia or something. <laughs> Just, we went to an Arcadia. We went to our Arcadia. Well, Arcadia. Um, How wait, appropriate. Wait, it's not Arcadia. I think my brain's just... <laughs> I want it to be Arcadia. I, I do just, too. <laughs> in my heart of hearts, it's Arcadia. It's, it's Arcadia. An Arcade in Arcadia. Someone was really cute that day. <laughs> Scheduling that meeting. <laughs> oh, <how> cute! <laughs> I love that. Uh, they also collaborated with a uh, Lao visual anthropologist who looked at all the designs before it was finalized, as well as linguists dancers, musicians, etc. But Wynn, who was one of the screenwriters, actually was grateful that he and Adele were writing on this because they wanted to put their own experience in. Uh, mm-hmm. Wynn said, when you're telling a story, you're just doing it based on research, you end up always having to do it from the high end. To have the artists who represent these cultures in there to be able to give the subtleties of what our families are actually like, what our relationships are actually like, has given a lot of nuances to this great adventure. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Dang, I love that. Unfortunately, in December, this is when it gets. Oh boy. Oh boy. What? Oh. In December 2019, the COVID 19 virus is first identified. Oh. Oh yeah. I have to now go. we finally come to this point in the history that <laughs> <laughs> we're still suffering. Yeah. I know. Yeah. We were we were comfortably in this podcast in the before time, mm-hmm. and now we're here. Great. Yeah. So by early 2020, it was declared a pandemic, and most of the world went into lockdown, forcing everyone to work from home. This included everyone who worked on Raya. And this happened during production, by the way. Oh. Most of production was done remotely, with all the meetings taking place during Zoom. Like, even the voice actors. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yes. Wow. That's that's kind of impressive, though, that they were able to do that, though. So, as I said before, Cassie Steele was announced to play Raya. If you, for those who don't know, she was famous for playing in Manny in uh, the Degrassi TV show. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, and she also is uh, Filipino-American. The directors chose to recast her with Kelly Murdery Tran because, as story development, they realized they, she became a less stoic character and a more warm, vulnerable character, which she, they thought Kelly Marie Tran fit much better. And, Interesting. Okay. And also, she has uh, training in improv, and actually, a lot of some of her lines or some of the ideas in this film are improv by her. Oh, okay. They said it, it worked perfectly. Hmm. It was scheduled to be released November 25th, 2020, but due to COVID, it was moved to March 12th, 2021. With the theatrical release, they decided to also simultaneously release with Disney Plus Premier Access because COVID. Yeah. COVID has a huge factor in the production of this. Yeah. And I, unfortunately, it also has a 
factor in why it probably didn't make as much money as it did. The budget is uncertain. Like, I looked at multiple sources. I couldn't find a specific one. They just said 100 plus. And unfortunately, it only made 130.4 million with 54 million in the United States and Canada and 75.7 million worldwide. It got generally favorable reviews. The animation and humor was praised, but some compared it to Avatar Last Airbender, which I find unfair. And a lot of people were disappointed that a Southeast Asian inspired film had a mostly Eastern Asian cast. Mm. Also in 2022, it was nominated for Best Animated Picture, but it lost to Encanto. <laughs> I'm, so- yeah. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, Awkward. what? Yeah. <laughs> what? what? Okay, bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Disney lost to itself. Yeah, Disney lost to itself. I mean, I get... Oh, poor Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever shall they do I when they know. win and lose? Oh, dear. <laughs> Ooh. Jeez. Okay, yeah. So, in terms of our... David and I had just seen this for the first time mm. only a few days ago. I think we... Saw yeah. So, the funny thing about this, too, is I, I, this is actually the only film now of the canon we hadn't watched yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We actually watched Encanto a little earlier because, like, there was a lot of people talking about it. Like, oh, check it out. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, okay, here we are. And so, when we watched it, there was this weird sense of finality mm-hmm. to the whole thing. When yeah. it was done, it was like, wow, we did it. Yeah. We've seen them all. We've, We've technically- seen the entire canon. Mm-hmm. We've seen, That's amazing. We have seen the full Walt Disney animation canon. We have seen all sixty films. Yeah. And in my in my opinion, it was a really good note to have that on because uh, you know I had I didn't really have much expectations coming into this. I didn't know much about the film, so uh, going into it that way, I came out of it with feeling really good about it. I okay. really enjoyed it. I thought it was awesome. So it's okay. So. Um, just full disclosure, I'm Filipino American, mm-hmm. so I am in one of the categories of cultures as represented in the film. Yes, right. right. Um, so to get it from the Asian American perspective, when yeah. we when we heard about the film, like immediately, you know, immediately, me and my friends are Asian American and nerds and film fans, whatever. We were all like, awesome, great. Especially for Filipino Americans because we have so little representation mm-hmm. in media. Like mm-hmm. we're getting, they're getting better at having Asian American representation. But in terms of Filipinos being in media, it's a smaller category. Yeah. yeah. Despite the fact that data-wise shows we're one of the highest populations <laughs> in the country. Yeah. But whatever. Um, <laughs> so um, hearing Cassie Seal getting cast at that D23, I was like, oh, cool. And there's a Filipino voice actor for the character. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I remember that news of Kelly Marie Tran switching over. The community was like, what happened to Cassie? Yeah, mm-hmm. that that seems kind of weird because I, I didn't know about the I didn't know about the switch. Yeah, until you just read that, I'm like, wait a minute, what? And I think it was this weird feeling of that announcement because part of Shalito for the Filipino American community, we we're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> well, mm-hmm. all right, but yeah, for the community that knows what Kelly Marie Tran went through, yeah, because of her association with Star Wars mm-hmm. and the real horrible, unnecessary backlash on her as a person. Yeah. But then we were like, well, that's the least you guys can do is to at least make her a main Disney female character. Mm-hmm. So, and also, I legitimately think she's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. yeah. I, I, I will stand Rostico. Like, I don't Same. care. Like, <laughs> 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 Say, look, feel how you will about The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. I 
didn't have a problem with Rose at all. Yeah. And I think Kelly Marie Tran did a fantastic job yeah. with what she was given. Mm-hmm. So, like, honestly. And then it was, it was, and then, that, I'm not going to go into Star Wars. We're not. You know, I'm wearing a Star, Star Wars shirt. <laughs> no, we're not going to go into Star looked, Wars. I looked and I'm like, oh no. Oh no, no we got to be careful. <laughs> no, we're okay. not going into Star Wars. No. Fight celebration happening this very weekend. That's while right. We're, we're not. We're talking about Raya. <laughs> one of my, one of my coworkers is actually going to that as old Luke. Nice. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, he's oh, the, yeah, okay, it's no, great. No, no. Sorry, no, no. Sorry, no, no. <laughs> oh, yes. no, no, Ryan, no, stop, Ryan. I was, Back to Ryan. So I was tempted to bring up uh, Kelly Marie Tran's history mm-hmm. um, during the history part, but then I'm like, it is has to do with Star Wars. <laughs> And I know, <laughs> I knew this would happen. It was, it was inevitable, yeah. though. It was kind of hard not to, but yeah. just, I will kind of just, but that's all I'll say about that association. I think she's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen her in, like, uh, another, like, web series with Elizabeth Olsen that I thought she was fantastic oh, in. okay. So, um, and so, yeah, it was just equal parts. It's a shame. We were really, we were really looking forward to Cassie Steele, mm-hmm. but then Kelly should get the spotlight. Yeah. That's something away from that franchise. I guess. It, it, like, in a weird way, it's like almost like a six of one, half a dozen of the other. Like, yeah, yeah. let's go with the, yeah, okay. totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. Um, so that was kind of it on on my feelings on that. And I know, just I guess to mildly address it, Aquafina is also a very polarizing performer as well for, mm-hmm. for the community. Um, some uh-huh. people really love her, some people don't. Um, there's a lot of issues with her, not a lot of issues with her per se, but more like just a lot of opinions about her. Right. You know, and I'm not here to talk about that. I'm just, we're just okay. gonna, I just want to focus on her performance as Sisu. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in terms of addressing the Southeast Asian casting to the East Asian casting that's in the film, yeah, that's a, bis- that's a disappointment. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I love, you tell me a movie that has this Asian cast, I will watch it. Yeah. But you telling me that you're very proud of, this is a very Southeast Asian influenced film, like, then why'd you cast a Chinese actor or a Korean actor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, the... Uh, Kelly Bertrand is Vietnamese American, yes. which is Southeast Asian, but like she is one of only like a few. Yeah, Gemma Chan, Benedict Wong, Chinese, I believe. And yes, I again, you tell me a movie they're in, I'll watch it. Uh huh. But you telling me they're in this movie where they're representing Southeast Asian culture, I'm like, guys, you can't have both. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a friend who was a who did voice background work oh. in, in the film, and he's Filipino American. Nice. And we, you know, we briefly talked about that, and he was like, "Look, I'm at the end of the day, yes, do we, we can criticize these elements and talk about these elements and say, hey, try, try a little harder, guys, yeah. you could.' But at the end of the day, me and my friend kind of went disagreement, like." But they did it, so <laughs> Hollywood is really baby, baby steps. So. Oh, it is always the baby it, step. It, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, when we get to Encanto, it is kind of fascinating because they actually do take that step. Because if you go through mm. the whole cast, they're all, almost all of them are Colombian American, and yeah. it's, I'm just like, wow, oh, you, you really went that extra mile. But anyway. Um, yeah. So, so another struggle for the Asian American community. Yeah, yeah, we have yeah. to kind of still work our way up yeah. on that, but um, um, and I know Turning Red came out. And that was more accepted. Yeah, yeah. But. And I still have to see that. I still. I mean, we can't. Again, we're not doing Pixar no. for a while. Yeah. <laughs> a while. But I do want to see Turning Red on my own. Terms, okay. So yes. Same. Maybe when this podcast is done, take a breather. We'll go watch it. <laughs> I'm down to watch it just for the sake of watching it, not feeling like I have to discuss it for a podcast. Not that I don't enjoy doing the podcast. <laughs> Just been five years. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm. So, all that aside, yes, uh, I was looking forward to it. Um, mm-hmm. I did pay for the premium. 
uh, Disney Plus access to watch it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, like, I was looking forward to finally getting around to it. And when I got around to it, I'm going, okay, that was, was a ton of fun. I had a really good time with it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So one of the, I I will say I Dave and I came into this with no expectations whatsoever. I mm-hmm. think you're probably one of the few people that we knew who would <laughs> ever see this beforehand. <laughs> yeah. It's part of the reason we we're like, well, we wanted to reach out to you for a while anyway, right. and we're yeah. like, this might be the ideal one to talk about because mm-hmm. I had seen you talk about it too on social media. Yeah. Yes. So I was like, yeah, I'd like to get Justin on this one. Well, I'm really glad I kind of got. I came back just right before <laughs> things were ending. Yeah. So, um, and I feel like you guys are right. This was like when you said, "This is Dave. Can you come back for this episode?" I went, "Oh, that totally makes sense." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, but it's I, I, at the end of the day, like you know, like. All those, you know, discussions about Asian rappers and reputation aside, like, look, is it a fun movie? Yeah. Yeah. I was shocked how much fun this film was and how... Because I think this is the type of film... And we had talked about this earlier with, like, uh, like just before this recording about Treasure Planet, how we would love to do an RPG of this. I would love to do an RPG of this oh, yeah. world. <laughs> okay, like, yeah. I mean, one of the first things I, I was hoping we could talk about a little bit was the world building. Because, yeah. like, the world building for Kumandra is really good. Mm-hmm. Like, um, from a from a standpoint, like, you know, you've got really easily identifiable iconography. You've got everything is built around this long river that is, if viewed from above, looks like a dragon. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know about the rest of the world beyond that, but it's not about the rest of the world. No. Beyond. This is where the life-giving water is. Yeah, exactly. This is where <laughs> the people gather. Mm-hmm. And I love, I you know, it's it's really simple things that I think are good to get across in a heartbeat. Because, like, if you're building a fantasy world, especially one that you're only going to do in, like, one movie, mm-hmm. it's important that you you get the point across pretty quick about how things work. Yeah. And I appreciated that we get a really quick introduction to... Uh, you know, the different clans, the different peoples who live in the different parts of the river, along the river, and are, you know, named after the different, where they live, like, ge- geographically. There's right. the tail, the talon, the fang, I'm not necessarily in the order, the spine, the heart. Mm-hmm. Am I missing any? It's, I think that's all it's, of them. It's five. It's five. Yeah. Tail, yeah. talon, fang, okay. spine, heart. Yeah, yes. that's all of them. Okay, yeah. The five, the five, uh, the five peoples, the five yeah. nations. They they get you set up for that really cool. And then there's all these little details that are sprinkled throughout that help make the world feel more complete. Little things like, you know, when they're making the soup and they're talking about the different ingredients that come from the different places, which yeah. gives you a sense of, like, if these people weren't so at odds all the time about all these things, you would have... There's these nice little little cultural aspects that come together, like mm-hmm. the different, w- different resources that could be shared between them. Yeah. And when you visit each of these places, you get a sense of how they... Like, the way that they set up to, to do stuff. And as we kind of go along, I, I definitely want to talk about some of the interconnected things, like how they're all related, how their relation to the river. Yeah. Like, I love, I mean, just a site one, I love how when they get to uh, Talon, I think it's, it's, Talon is the one with that's on, Talon was the one that was on stilts, right? They had the the big, uh, Fang was the, Fang is like the big, almost imperial. So hard, yeah. hard is the main one, that's where, um, uh, uh, Sisu's gem uh, is located. Yeah, that's and where that's, Raya's from. That's yeah. where Raya's from. Um, Tails the desert. Yeah. Tails is the, yes, Tail is the desert. Um, Talon is the city. Okay. Uh, Spine is the, uh, oh my goodness. It's the... 
It's a like walled, Arctic. It's a yeah, that like snowy walled compound. Snowy walled yeah, compound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the, uh, Talon, I really love the idea that they've got this like sort of like stilt city. Yeah, I thought that was great. And as soon as I saw the city, I was like, when we were talking about the RPG aspect, like you know, I would open a game here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you find yourselves in Talon br- browsing the markets under colorful lantern light. You know, yeah, like yeah, that's. Yeah. Mm. Talon's my favorite city. Yeah, yeah. no, it's so good for and, sure. And the the way they and, and you make and it makes sense is when you go to each city, you can see kind of how they build themselves in order to avoid the drone. Uh, because the Droom don't cross water. Yeah. And, you know, Talon makes sense. Fang especially makes sense. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. It was just really neat. I mean, my, my, in general, I think as the story goes, they continue to do a good job building this fantasy world and using the, like, showing rather than telling how it works. And I, I think a big, because the big part of the story is, like, coming together, right? Yes. yes. And, and, you know, I think the really, smart line in the opening narration that Raya says about the whole thing is, you know, here, there's, I'm paraphrasing, but there's like, this beautiful, magical thing that you would think you would unify people. Yeah. But people being people. Yeah. <laughs> which sadly just keeps ringing louder as years go on. Oh, yeah. No, um, I saw that and like, there are no arguments here. Yeah. No. It, exactly. And I feel that's sort of the thing I love about the movie overall is this whole we can't do this. We just gotta chill. Yeah. <laughs> like, we can make this unified concept work. It just gotta just yeah. listen and understand each other. So, you know? so the the funny part is, um, uh, Carlos Lop- uh, Lopez Estrada hmm. actually was surprised because let's be honest, COVID happened, and this brought up a lot of conflict mm-hmm. and. And he's, he said, I don't know if Disney has ever made a movie that reflects so much of what is happening in the world outside. Yeah. Oh, good yeah. point. Oof. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like wild, right? Like, yeah. Like they weren't, in, they weren't intending that. Who no. knew? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. they, they had been working on it for years and then it just so happened during production. Mm-hmm. This happened and then it's like. What? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> but I, I, it almost is. Uh, intended to feel like a dystopian future too. Right, a little so. bit. Well, yeah, the, the, it opens almost like, you know, it opens, it, it's kind of interesting because it opens with Raya, you know, crossing this bleak wasteland covered with statues that are mm-hmm. in this, you know, this pose, this very specific pose. Yeah. And she has to go back and we have the flashback and then we jump ahead again. But the fact that it opens with the dystopia angle, I think, is really interesting. It could have started with just the flashback. No, 100%. But they went, we want you to know that Raya is Disney's Mad Max. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. She's riding around all yeah. dusty on a big pill bug thing. <laughs> oh, Tuk So, Tuk Tuk. Because, oh, of course, they have to add ta- Alan Tudyk somewhere in this. <laughs> and Alan Tudyk does the voice of Tuk Tuk. I think that it's funny how, like, Alan Tudyk is literally their good luck charm mm. and continues to be. But then when they get this, uh, a, like, a, a diverse movie like this or a movie that's set in a specific culture, they're like, okay, how do we add Alan Tudyk? <laughs> he's going, he's good at, we, after what we saw him do with Hey Hey, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so he's now the animal voice guy um so i have okay so i have a, i have a alan tudyk connecting story right? oh, okay. oh interesting. Yeah, yeah. okay so um i got lucky in 2019 i was doing press interviews for screen rant right, oh, right. So okay. my first job was going to the disney studios oh yeah and i was there for press day for wreck it ralph 2 i'm sorry the, the yeah, <laughs> i understand <laughs> 
Um, uh, record out to uh, Little Mermaid 30th anniversary. Oh. oh. Um, and I believe, what was the last? I forgot that. That might have been it. So just those two movies. So I got to interview uh, Rich Moore, Phil Johnson, directors of Record Ralph 2, uh, Alan Tudyk, mm-hmm. uh, Jody Benson. Oh. Uh, and Ron. Oh my goodness. Clements. Clements, thank you. And I had this question that I was going to ask Phil Johnson and Alan Tudyk. So I had this idea that I pitched the Tudyk. No, I pitched the Rich. No, I pitched the Tudyk first. Then I interviewed uh, Rich and Phil afterwards. And so I told Tudyk, like, I had this idea. What if there's, like, a scene in a future Wreck-It Ralph movie where it's a room of just your characters? (laughs) 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 Like, just... And Tudyk laughed at the idea and went, oh, I could have, like... The Duke of Washington talk about taking the bus <laughs> to this to this stupid meeting that we're all at. So I pitched the idea to Rich and Phil, and however you feel the record off to, totally fair. Yeah. But talking to those two guys was a joy. Oh, I'm yeah, sure. So I, I actually did have a chance to meet Rich more back mm-hmm. when he was working on uh, Wreck of Ralph and I went to film school. Mm-hmm. Nice guy. Nice like, guy. Yeah. Um, they were the last, I was their last guy there. I was getting interviewing for them that day. It was a full day. I thought they were going to be tired or bored. No, they were willing to just be goofy with me. The majority of the interview was just talking about pancake bunnies. And, <laughs> um, and, but this bit, I told my, I pitched this to Tudic. What do you guys think? And they just start riffing on the ideas like, oh, it could be like a convention. And Alan is like, like moderating this panel with his characters. <laughs> And then what? And then Phil was like, "It could be Tudicon, Tudicon." And then we can just why stop at us? We could go put K two S O in there, oh. put Wash from Firefly in oh there. Oh my god! And then we were just like, everyone was like Tudicon, and then Tudicon, and quite literally, Phil was like, "That's actually a really good idea for a short. Oh. <laughs> like we could do that as a short." And I'm like, well, I'm here. I told him in the interview. <laughs> and when the interview wrapped up, I was like, hey, thank you so much. I was like, what are you talking about? Get, you're employed. Don't start writing this thing. <laughs> That's great. They were great, but I still think of Tudicon to this day. Um, <laughs> if I ever see Tudicon pop up, I'll know who to look at. Yeah. You have it on record. Yeah, we have it here. It's, it's here. on here. It's in the interview I wrote. There are multiple sources to say, hey, I was there. <laughs> this was Justin's idea. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my. This is so good. Um, Honestly, as long as King Candy's there, I'll be happy. Exactly. Exactly. No, he will be there for good, sure. Good. good. I would say he's like the you know, VIP of Tunic. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, like I think I remember in that interview, like I asked, like, what did Tunic feel about being Disney's weird good luck charm? And he's like, it's weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They always surprise me when they call me to go, hey, we got you another part. And I went, okay. <laughs> what am I doing today? <laughs> And I guess in this case, he's playing a roly-poly that's also basically works on the motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I... And it's, it, that is such an iconic thing, because I, I... It's something about the, like, this is big rolling one wheel thing and yet she's still able to sit on top of it no yeah. problem the, the fu- that harness that unique riding harness mm-hmm. the funny part is is like we just see her on the rolling thing and we're like oh that's interesting and then it cuts to her backstory and we actually see Tech Tark as this little thing and then it cuts back to her present time and we're like oh he he got big <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he grew <laughs> yeah oh my goodness yes ah uh, it's wonderful <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, there's clearly a lot of other world building going on there. But yeah, but and, and here's the other thing because we're kind of talking about the conflict of the movie. Yeah, because yeah it yeah. is about people being people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've noticed, and it's especially prevalent, 
We haven't had a mainline, traditional sense, Disney villain, yes. like someone you could pin everything on, since Zootopia. Whoa, wait, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, okay. So, uh, Mayor Bellwether was the last real Disney villain to uh-huh. be the source of the main conflict. Right. Uh, after that, of course, uh, after Zootopia, we have Moana, which has antagonists. Right. You know, Tamatoa is a, is a vil, is a, I guess a villain. Mm-hmm. He's more of an antagonist. He's an antagonist. He's an obstacle. And you can't even argue that Taka is really a villain either because yeah. she's just Tafiti with the heart stolen. She's not yeah. really the villain. Uh, Ralph, then you, Ralph breaks the internet. You wouldn't even argue Ralph's the antagonist of the Ralph is story. kind of, but he's his own antagonist and he learns a lesson. He's not a traditional Disney villain. Right. And now we get to, in Frozen 2, uh, the only real villain in the story is the, the great, you know, is the grandfather mm-hmm. who attacked the North Aldrin's in cold blood and was subsequently thrown Spoilers the for Thank the- Thank you for adding that to the plummet counter. <laughs> I uh, but he, but that's, that happened decades before this movie, and the villain, as is so eloquently pointed out in Frozen 2, is fear. Mm-hmm. Fear and people doing things, and it's all more elemental than that. Right. Same with Raya. Yes. There's no real villain in Raya. Even the people who come off as antagonistic have good reasons for it. Right. The, 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 the Fang, the people of Fang, you could argue, are the most antagonistic of the bunch, but really, they have very good reasons for what they're doing. They are convinced that they are the one they need to protect themselves with the with the gem, the dragon gems, and even when they have it and they have an opportunity to do this, like they're going to blame us for what happened. Mm-hmm. The other people will blame us for what happened. It's doggy dog out there, right? So we got to do what we can, and you get it. Mm-hmm. You get the motivation, even if you think you're you're all being so small minded. But people do that. I think this is a really interesting trend for Disney right now mm-hmm. because. We're we are getting way more nuanced with the storytelling in I, that sense. I, I will say not that, not that I don't like a good showboating Disney villain. I trust me, but we've had uh, literally decades, almost like we've had like almost a century in terms of that that yeah. uh, franchise in terms of this particular studio of having those be like, where's the villain? There's mm-hmm. the villain. It's nice that we've in these last five five or so films, there has not been one. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Sorry, you were... Uh, I will say, this is one, I guess, story flaw. I mean, it's very small. So, the Droon have been explained to be, like, a culmination of um, people's anger and fear and... They're essentially human conflict personified yeah. into... But they came about during a time of peace, remember? They said it was utopia, they lived in peace with the dragons, but then the Droon appeared. Mm. Where did they come from? Yeah, that's that, fair. That is one bit of world building we don't really get. The Droon are just kind of a force. Yeah. I, I mean, not there's not, not to say, like, oh, just because you live in a utopia, everything's perfect and all that. Right. But, I mean, the Droon were quite a force to be reckoned with to the point that people were, like, being, like, turned into stone and destroyed and... Well... The the other thing that they say is the Droon are like a plague, also topical. (laughs) (laughs) You know, maybe maybe one instance of Droon appeared and then it just spread and it got bigger. And the the fear of the Droon themselves created more Droon. Right. The conflict that the Droon's existence caused just multiplied it hugely until I'm gonna say it. We had pandemic levels of Droon. And here's the thing, right? It's like, I feel like, I'm sure that was like in a story Bible, in a story note, mm-hmm. like 
Mm-hmm. There's so much actually really strong world building. I can't imagine that they didn't have a note as to how that occurred. Yeah. But also, is that a case of like, well, how much time do we have? And is yeah. it still an oversight to not include it? Maybe, because, yeah, that... I didn't even think about it until you brought it up. Like, no, I didn't. That doesn't make any... That, does, <laughs> that is a weird flaw. Yeah, I'll give you that. In, in all honesty, when I watched it, the film, I didn't even think about it. It was just until, like, today, I was like, you know! <laughs> but, 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 Very I mean, good observation, but, but here's the thing. That is what makes... Okay, so one of the things I've realized about good movies is... There's going to be plot holes. There's going mm-hmm. to be there. There's going to be things that's like, wait, but what if? How if? I mean, with Who Framed Roger Rabbit, there's a lot of um, anachronisms, but nobody thinks about them when watching them. No. And that's the idea. A good film covers it up, so you just you're just so focused on the film, you don't even think of those. Yeah. Where a bad film, you're like, wait a second. They stick out like a bigger thumb when it's bad. Yes. Like, yeah. Like to the point where like like a bigger thorn, like many thorns. A bad film, the plot holes are like, I sorry, can you move that thorn away? It's really annoying. Yeah, yeah exactly. gosh, it's like almost poking me in the nose. It's almost poking me in the nose. I paid for 3D glasses for this movie. <laughs> it's like twenty dollars. I'm really pissed now. Um, but whereas an IMAX, what the heck? But, oh, man. <laughs> oh man. But like, when it's a Fun, good movie, and the pacing strong, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah, like you said, like you don't think about it until maybe if you give it an extra thought. And at the end of the day, it's like, does it really ruin it? Yeah. Mm, no. Yeah. Not, really. Not really, no. It makes us ask good questions. Like, now I'm interested in the origins of the drone. Right. I would love to see that story just told. Like, what caused the first drone? Because, you mm-hmm. know, whatever, whatever conflict or whatever weird magical stuff caused it to happen, it definitely spread kind of as a result of itself existing, I feel like. And I feel like that goes back to the line, people are going to be people. So even yeah. in the utopia, yeah. like air quote utopia, there had to have been some people going, yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. Mm-hmm. So like, this is nice, but. Uh-huh. We could be better, yeah. Eric. We could... oh, oh no, what's this purple thing coming out of me? So, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because I, I made a, I made a little nod like, you know, hey, this is, this is just the stuff from Breath of the Wild. This is just the, the Ganon's malice. <laughs> Oh my god. Is yeah. it horrible purple energy that destroys everything? <laughs> um. Uh, so, somewhere at the heart of it, there's a pig monster. <laughs> I, I will say, one of the most unfair things when I read reviews is um, people com- constantly comparing it to Avatar Last Airbender. Yeah, I wanted to bring, I wanted to address that at yeah. some point because that is unfair. It's very unfair. Yeah. The only reason people bring it up, let's be honest, is because it's in vogue to say, oh, let's just compare it to this other recent popular Asian fantasy kind mm-hmm. of thing, which was not even written by or created by Asian, Asian people. Yeah. No. Well-meaning white guys, but still... It is what it is, right? It is what it is, yeah. <laughs> and not only that, I they say, like, well, it's just, it's it reminds me of Avatar Last Airbender. I'm like, this reminds me of every single fantasy story that you can... Okay, not just... There is a... Uh, hold on, <laughs> let me rephrase this. A lot of fantasy stories have this idea, I mean, that's just a trope of fantasy where it's like, here's different worlds, here's different cities that you're going to visit because it's an adventure. That's mm-hmm. what RPGs are, for Christ's sake. No. Or, for goodness sake. Um, <laughs> it's sorry. Fine. It's fine. Uh, and, and it's like, so is it the only reason that's being compared is because it's it has an Asian inspiration? Mm-hmm. Like, is, that's the only, and because you can't think, uh, you don't think to look at other... There there are so many other Asian-inspired fantasies, too, but you're just going with what's... The current one, or yeah. the more, like, popular one to talk about. The, like, yeah. the, the popular one with, I guess, similar tropes, but you can, again, 
You don't see people yeah. going like, oh, this reminds... Oh, it's just like Game of Thrones, because there's a bunch of warring nations. Right. You know, a bunch of warring houses, clans, cities. Arguably closer to Game of Thrones I, in yes. that regard. Oh, that just would've... that regard. Just that regard. Well, well no, there's a, dragons play a big role in that, too. Oh, oh. son of a gun. <laughs> son of a gun. I win. I win. Here's a, I will say this, and this has kind of also weirdly been a kind of a mild controversy to some folks in the Asian American community with their conflicting feelings of the film. Yeah. Um, is that, for them, one of the problems with finding representation in Riot is that it's trying to be many cultures, yeah. not one culture. And yeah. when you're trying to create a boiling plot, it's hard to really self-identify because it's not all Thai or it's not all uh, Laos or it's not all you know, Filipino. Mm-hmm. I would make the argument uh-huh. that there's room to do this yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. But this just shows why there needs to be more. Yes. Media based on everything. So that, not just because, like, representation, yes, but also think of all the extra new stories people come up with using mm-hmm. multiple cultures uh-huh. to refresh the things you like. At the end of the day, this is a fantasy story similar to other fantasy stories you've seen, except the the surface level stuff is Asian influenced mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah. it's really cool. And yeah. like, the setting, the costumes are great because when you look at real photos of those cultures, they're cool and interesting and no one sees them outside of that culture. Uh-huh. Yeah. Same as like medieval culture and fantasy culture, etc. So it's like, why not? But the problem is, is it's not, there's not a lot of it. So that's why people uh-huh. go, went, well, there's this and Avatar. And that's yeah. the only two they can think of. And it's, it's, it's so narrow minded because of like, how long have we had, you know, like, uh, films in our, you know, in, in popular culture that are deriving from, you know, Asian roots. Like, I, honestly. I, I was telling Dave, I'm like, David, do you realize Asian fantasy has been around for so long? Yes! Like, my goodness, like, we had, uh, if you if you want to go with a very popular, well-known Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh-huh. like, it's like, why is that not being compared to, or like, it's... In that it, one case, it's like, it's one specific culture, though, right? That it's, is, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's centered around, I, like, a Chinese, like, culture, Chinese mythology it's not, kind of story. Yeah. So the, the thing that people are attacking Raya for is, like, being a mixed pop thing, well, which I go, but that's also kind of the message they're yeah. trying to do in the story. Uh-huh. Literally, there's a melting pot that it's, Raya's father is putting ingredients of other That's cultures. true. That's that, what, again, yeah. that's a, it's a good bit, because not good, only does it have the significance of the, the metaphor, but, I mean, for me, it's that idea that, like, look, at, I like... I like that it is. I, yeah. For me personally, I like that it is a pastiche because then it is, can be its own thing. Yeah. It can be its own fantasy world. So, uh, it draws inspiration and draws heavily mm-hmm. in different areas. I, but yeah, it's got that melting pot. I actually, come to, to think about it, a uh, um, recent movie that I think could be comparable is Moana because yeah. Moana did the same thing. Mm-hmm. They got um, a lot of Pacific Island um, nations and uh, cultures mixed it together to make Moana. Right. And yeah, Moana's island and her people are not any specific. No, no, they're not Samoan. Specific. They're not official no, uh, New Zealander, etc. Yeah, they're yeah, they're not Maori. Not they're Maori. Not, like, yeah. yeah, no, it's it's fascinating. Yeah, like yeah. it's it, these these steps are taking. Like we're gonna build, we're gonna do this, and have it have the vibe and the pastiche of these things, but it doesn't have to be specifically this thing. Right, and that is. It has its pros and cons. I will. I will you say, know. Raya is a lot better paced than Moana is. I I also argue it's better paced than Frozen too. Yeah. Because I, I <laughs> can I say I love the pacing in this movie. 
Yes. I've never had, I'm really, I am really sensitive to pacing in movies. Yeah. And with a movie like this, it does what it needs to do, and it keeps going and going and going, and it never feels rushed. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, it doesn't feel like you're having to rush through any part to get to another part. It just, it tells a story it needs to tell, and mm-hmm. it does it efe- efficiently. And I don't know what it is, like, the dialogue and the character development happens organically with the beats of the movie. Mm-hmm. And this is a little longer than Frozen 2, right? Yes. I'm thinking about Frozen 2 because we just t- discussed yeah, it. Yeah, this yeah. is a and few, few my, minutes longer than my, Frozen my, 2. <laughs> my personal issue with Frozen 2 is that I should have been longer because the beginning feels so rushed and then it, it kind of balances yeah. out and has a really good third act. But the first act is so rushed, there's certain beats where I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. But... I do not have that argument with Raya. I think Raya is beautifully paced. And Especially with all the world building they got to do. Yeah. Like, I, world building is so hard to nail. Let's just use Avatar as an example. Um, the <laughs> yeah. animated show, I, I, I am a fan. So yeah. I, yeah, likewise. Like, same. Uh, like, yeah. like, like, comparing it to Avatar as a positive is mm-hmm. not even a bad thing either, because Avatar is some superb world building. Absolutely. In the show, nailed it. The yeah. movie, on the other hand. <laughs> Which I feel like is a fair comparison. Like, the live-action movie, despite... Look, everyone. Oh, everyone, God. Everyone knows. There was a point where... Actually, when you said the movie, I'm like, there is a movie? And then as soon as you said live-action, I'm like, oh, yeah, I had scrubbed that from my brain. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> for, 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 for purpose of discussion, I bring it up. Because the show... The movie shares the same world, right? Mm-hmm. So you'd think, well, the show's right there, the blueprint's there, you can go off of that. That movie shows how to absolutely not world build. Yes. Despite the fact there is literally a three-season show that tells you exactly how to world build, but they did not do that in that movie. Here, Raya has to world build and tell its plot, and it introduces new characters, and yes. they only choose every character in the first scene. A lot of the characters are, like in the typical fantasy adventure, you meet them along the way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, they develop a fellowship, if you will. If you will. Uh, if you submit it. It's too much like Lord of the Rings. I didn't know. <laughs> uh, Tolkien will be pretty bad about it. <laughs> uh, if you read the Simmerian. <laughs> Look, Tolkien got already angry about D&D. We don't have to... <laughs> Fair. Um, but here, yeah, I also like, had dragons, but <laughs> dragons, are hot. dragons are hot right now. Right? Um, I mean, they are. They breathe fire. Not these Touché. ones. Touché. Not these ones. Touché. Not, not all of them do. No. no. But yeah, like just how to do all the. You know, Ryan does all that and explores it, and it does it in a way, like you said, with the pacing. I'm like, I don't feel like what's happening. No. What are we doing here? Like, oh, I get it. I got it. No, it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh this uh, so, in, okay, uh, the characters. I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think Raya does fairly well developed character, but then we get to see her as a child. Okay. Mm-hmm. I hate saying this, because sure. I don't ever want to add, always add, like, LGBTQ themes to it, but boy, howdy, like. <laughs> no, no, here, right? <laughs> like, no, I know, like, no, no, I'm with you. <laughs> okay. Come like, on! Like, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Her. And, oh my god, why am I blanking on her name? Uh, 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 uh Namari. Namari. No, 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 I'm, no, 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 yes, it's there. <laughs> I think it's I, there. I see them do the thing, I'm like, instant girl crush. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing. But, like, there's things that they do that are very, like, you only do when you're, you like someone. Like, they constantly, like, you constantly see them put their hair behind their ear, or mess with their hair, and I'm like, that is something you do when you have a crush on someone. Yeah. That is, and I'm like, what and it kind of it does dissolve as adults yeah. in the adults I don't see it as much but as kids it's like this is a girl crush going on this is clearly flirting 
Yeah. Like, this isn't... And I know you're trying to, like, ignore it like it's a friendship, but it's... There's chemistry. There's, there's chemistry. chemistry. Yeah. And even when they're, like, frenemies, there's, like, there's there's tension there that's not just frenemy tension. That's, yeah. that's how I feel. Mild X situation. Things yeah. are <laughs> <laughs> like, just, no. Like, it's so funny. That conversation came out when the movie came out. Okay. And, like, very easily, a lot, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I see it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're saying, oh, no, no. Don't know. You're not okay. slapping anything on there. I think okay. a good amount of folks were like, oh, no, we see it. Good. Because, <laughs> because I know people are always like, well, Elsa is is clearly In- gay because she said one thing to this one female mm. character. And we watch it, and then we're like, there's no chemistry there. <laughs> they, no. They, this, there is, no. But and this... Yes. And yeah, look, like, obviously, not my place to discuss yes. like, that community and how they feel about... I can. I'm queer, so... And that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get that, my part out just real quick. Yeah. Went, understandable. I, I'm, I'm queer adjacent as a result, so. <laughs> But, yes, yeah, so, I... Like, my... But, yeah. <laughs> not, not <just> say... <laughs> I'm 100%. <laughs> okay. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, so, cool, so with, that, with that said... With that said, yeah. Um, but, I mean, like, for the most part, I think... The I think the voice acting was pretty good in this. It's tricky because Aquafina does fit the role of Sisu, but Aquafina sounds a lot like Aquafina. You cast her as Aquafina. Yeah, that's kind of the situation. If, if Aquafina was a dragon, yeah, yeah. Now but, in terms of that controversy about like East Asian Southeast Asian casting, I yeah. kind of argue Sisu's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's a dragon. <laughs> it's a dragon. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. With the uh, it's interesting because like the only time I've ever heard Aquafina play a character that's like is outside of her realm mm-hmm. was um in Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Oh yeah. So she she actually plays a Skeksy and yeah. her voice is very fitting for a Skeksy and but the character she plays is not a is not Aquafina. Right. It's a Skeksy. And I'm like for a certain point I'm like, that voice sounds familiar and I had to look up I'm like, oh yeah it's Aquafina, <laughs> of course it is. And that's kind of the, the thing, right? Yeah. Where it's like, always never really the actor's fault. It's just how you use the actor. So yeah. when they cast her as Cece, you're like, just do your Aquafina thing. thing. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're goofy, you're silly. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's her personality yeah. in general. Exactly. She's got like, she's got like, lo- like just the, her being kind of the, the fun, goofy mm-hmm. comic energy. You could ar- argue it's like, it's almost the, it's almost the genie effect. It's almost the genie effect. Almost, but, but, but it's not, not the genie effect because it's not the genie. It's, right. it's Sisu. Right. Sisu is her own character, and uh, I really like Sisu, and I, I dig. I especially like when she f- does when she gets the shape shifting thing mm-hmm. and she becomes human. Yeah. I really love her human design. <laughs> she's got she's just goofy and mm-hmm. like she's like I don't know what it is. It's just it's, it's just very likable. It's very, very likable. I love when she's walking through the market in Talon and she's just bopping yeah. and she's wearing all the goofy stuff. And I'm like, and she's clearly vibing with the energy there. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. Sisu's fun. Yeah, Sisu's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot the voice actor. There's the the little the boy who runs the uh, the boat. The boy is play, voiced by Isaac Wang. He's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, considering he's the first member of the team that they yeah. kind of pull in, and he's the representative for. Uh, Tail, yeah, yeah. Like he, I love his energy. Mm-hmm. He's a fun character. <laughs> he's a lot of. He's a goal. There's like a yeah. like entrepreneur, <laughs> traveler. Yeah, yeah. I, makes, a mean, I, uh, makes a mean. Makes him makes a mean kanji. Yeah, kanji, yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting because all these like characters. There's some that I'm like, if it was a, a worse movie, I probably would have disliked it. Like, uh, for example, the 
the baby assassin or whatever, <laughs> or baby yeah. baby thief. Actually, yeah. that's probably better. Baby thief. I like baby assassin. <laughs> Disney spent Disney Plus presents baby assassin. <laughs> Take that, baby boss, <laughs> boss baby. No, baby, Roger, did, are, actually, baby assa- babies assassinating other babies. So <laughs> actually, when Dave and I were watching this, he's like, "That's the real boss baby." That's the real boss baby. <laughs> It's, I'll tell you what, I'll get to the movie's credit. I wasn't expecting, like, you normally I'm thinking, oh, they're going to build a party of people from each. I wasn't thinking that at the beginning for some no, reason. No, I didn't think joking. that. So, like, when I wasn't expecting the baby to become a party member. <laughs> <laughs> little Noi. Little Noi is the name of Little Noi. Little yeah, Noi. that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, unfor- the baby and the three monkeys. <laughs> yeah. The one unfortunate thing, it is because there's a bunch of characters, There's I, I unfortunately have trouble trying to remember so Some it's the, the kid was Boone, right? The kid was Boone. Mm. Yeah, so we got Boone, Little Noi. Mm. And then I forgot, because he's played with Benedict Wong, but I forgot the name of him. He's he, a, Tong is his. Tong. Tong, yeah. Tong, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and they don't really say their names often enough right. that, I mean, the focus is on Raya, Sisu, and Namari a bit. Yeah, yeah. So, it, but mainly Sisu and Raya, so you know their names very well. Very well, yeah. But with the others, it, it, it just, they're more, again, it's a fellowship. <laughs> That's not to say, like, I still, I mean, I still had trouble remembering all the characters that were part of the Fellowship of the Ring, so yeah. I was just like, so it's like, oh yeah, that... Took nine, that took nine hours from you. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I... It's like, I know Aragorn, doesn't he have, like, a second name? I, <laughs> I remember Sam. Sam! Sam! Yeah, Sam. Do you know how long to me to remember which one's Mary and which one's Pippin? <laughs> still, still can't tell. It's fair. <laughs> which one is on Lost? <laughs> um, but. Remind me, but uh, when this is over, if you haven't seen uh, The Guide to Lord of the Rings, mm. it's a fantastic little pairing video I gotta show Oh, you. please. But later, okay. after yeah, this, yeah, yeah, after yeah. this. Um, but, uh... It, it, for the most part, it is an adventure story. It it uh, it follows that format of stopping a stopping a place uh, stopping a place. Got to get a part of the gem because the gem has broken into five pieces. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's they introduce the MacGuffin pretty early, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I'm glad that it becomes that because it does. You know, it, it it's magic gems a little bit of a trope, of course. Sometimes a cliche here. I think they they make it work, you know? I like, think, yeah, and I think what helps me not look at it at, like, the typical get the doodad, yeah. get the magic doodad in the adventure plot, is that yeah. it's it means something. That, again, the world building's really strong. So yeah. It's like, the gem is really representative of who, like, what it means to the people yes. of Kumandra. And it makes a lot of sense for those characters, and they do a strong job of making you go, okay, they feel this is, this having this means this. Sometimes yeah. when you get a magic thing in a in a in a fantasy story or whatever, or even a superhero movie, yeah. where the magic doodads to stop to get the thing before they, <laughs> the bad guy opens the thing. Yeah. Um it's always like, well why is it so bad? And you get this long exposition as to it just oh the power gets corrupted or trans yeah. turns into a big old powerful explodey thingy. <laughs> it's very boring and ninety percent of the time that's all it really comes down to. Yeah. It just destroys everything. Here it's no. This represents something more powerful than that. Mm-hmm. That's true. And actually, the interesting thing is, I don't think anyone is entirely sure what it does yeah. specifically. They just know that because of what Sisu and the other dragons did, mm-hmm. uh, 
the gem got rid of the drone, mm-hmm. and whatever additional features it has, no one knows, <laughs> but everybody thinks because Heart has it at mm-hmm. the beginning, they're like, that's why you prosper, but if we have it, we can prosper. Yeah. How? We don't know, but they think they know, and mm-hmm. what I love is that it's not about what it can do, it's what other people as- ascribe to it. But, yes. And I think it, it also um, goes with the whole thing that, I mean, in real life, people assume... Oh well, you have that. You're like this, so therefore you're you must be prosper. Like in this case, oh, you have this gem, so you must be prosperous. And even at, in the beginning, Raya says we're not prosperous. Mm-hmm. We're just getting by, basically. Yeah. And I don't know why they think that. Mm-hmm. And it's just because of this one thing. But that happens in real life too. Yeah. Where- See, shiny want shiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the gem is shinier over the greener pasture thing. I'm messing yeah, that thing yeah, up. Yeah, but you get what I'm saying. It also is interesting that I will give this with the different cultures. There are enough differences between them that it feels like they're their own. They do to feel like their own nation. It's not just, you know. Yeah. Granted, we don't see a lot of tail. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's that one boat town, and then when they go to find, there's a whole thing about traps. De- mm. Spooky desert traps and the they skeleton. Were, and they were, I love the they, they, oh, the yeah, I keep thinking about that skeleton. How they did? I'm like, they say, well, she probably built all these traps and then died. And mm-hmm. I'm like, due to her own traps, like she had enough time to rig herself to one of her own traps and then die. <laughs> that was interesting to me. Booby traps are like my like I love booby traps in the movie, but also yeah. always a major question about every booby trap. I, who's the person who sets these up? I, <laughs> yeah. I, even, like, video games, I, I'm with you. Because, like, there's some... Yeah, Damon and I have been recently replaying Skyrim, and there's times I'm like, who thinks of these? Who has the time to set these up? How did you set these up? So, well, I mean, like, it's, it's the Goonies effect, right? right? How did these caves get these sophisticated technological traps built by a bunch of pirates who were stuck in a ship in a cave after a cave-in? <laughs> I get the idea is to serve as a um, blockade or uh, obstacle. Yeah. But it just feels a little ridiculous. Right. I mean, I'll roll with it because it's part of the thing. It's part of the the, the genre of it. But then he's going, so you're telling me there's a person who went, oh, I got to reload the arrows. <laughs> <laughs> and I got I to gotta restring the axe. You, you got to give me a full day. <laughs> oh, man. And then the logistics of certain traps, like, uh, in a real world... But what's down there, Indy? Oh, there's just a bunch of snake skeletons. I don't know why. <laughs> it's like they thought these snakes would just live forever. It's like, no pit. one's feeding these snakes. <laughs> what? How is there a pit? Yeah, the whole pit of snakes always back. We gotta lift the, st- we gotta lift the stone wall again. Because <laughs> I'm gonna trip that door open. Oh, man. Oh, man. The, the, the only theory I have for a pit of snakes is that those snakes became cannibals, and that's the only way they're living. Just... Oh, that's messed up. Oh, it's... Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, it's fair, though. Um, uh, but yeah, they were, the movie doesn't have a ton of time to really explore every no. part. And that's fine, I guess, at the end of the day. I got the gist of yeah. this one. I, I, the tricky part with like these type of world-building stories is, and the reason I think they do better with TV shows is, yeah. they have time to develop it. You have time to, like, all, all the questions that you may have had with a culture or a, or a nation, you're like, oh, they get answered and all that. With this, you only just get a sneak peek of each one. But there's points where I'm like, but but I want to know like what uh, like yeah. what is how did they become this way? What do they deal with? Where did the cats come from? Like how do they tra- do they train their cats? Like I and- guess they do. 
Uh, Why the shaved parts? Uh, shaved parts of the heads. I mean, that looks amazing. Don't get me wrong. It, it, that's an awesome style. But why? Why that decision? Where did that yeah. come about? Like, there's questions that you ask, and it's not important to the story at all. But that's how you do good world building. You want to ask those questions. That's why people are always with Star Wars. Like, hey, what if? What's that thing? I want to know all about that yeah. thing that I saw for two seconds in the background. All right, here's five books about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here, that spy with the trunk. Yeah, here's this whole culture, and here's what they do. Like, there's a book. There yeah. you go. Uh, <laughs> Which is, I guess, like, yeah, that's true. And then, like, if it's if your brain's asking those questions, they did a good job. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, in that regard, that's something where I feel like someone might mis- mistake the. That as a negative, it's like no, that means you want to know. No, no, no. <laughs> in all honesty, that, that's a that's a way to do good world building. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're asking questions about the world that have nothing to do with the story, but just more out of curiosity's sake, yeah. then that's good world building. Mm-hmm. If you're asking questions that you're like, but wait, that are important to the story, that's when you start to worry. Yeah, yeah. Especially if it's like functional stuff. Yeah. Exactly. If, it's like if, if there's like a cultural concept that's in this world where it's like. It doesn't make sense. Okay, but if they are allowed to do that, why can't they do that? Which this movie doesn't have that problem. Mm-hmm. I have at least none that I've seen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah no. Same. No, that's everything true. kind of seems to like, oh, I get it. There's mm-hmm. a, that makes sense. That makes sense. I think Talon's an interesting, part of the reason like, I like Talon is that it's just, first, it's just, it's just gorgeous world. Yeah. Yes, it is. But it's also this world that seems weirdly like, you can shop there, but steal from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the little, I forgot the name of the baby again. Um, uh, little toy. Little or to- little, little noy. Little, little noy is like, is a literal child that steals. <laughs> and not just, it's a baby. Yeah, it's a baby. A child, baby. It's a toddler that barely can speak, but has already learned to survive in the city by stealing. Yeah. You know? And not just stealing, deceiving people. Yeah, yeah. It's a, she's a con baby. Yeah, it's a con baby. <laughs> Con Baby, Disney Plus. There it is. Disney Plus. Con <laughs> Baby, starring Little Noy. No, no, I got, I got a dozen shows for this. For this, this is great. Place. No, I, I watch, I watch the heck out of this. Con Baby. Con Baby. Um, you know what? This is a, you know, speaking of that, I just remind me of another world building bit that I think is interesting because um, there's this really interesting, striking visual thing where everybody who gets uh, their, uh, for lack of a better word, their essence sucked out by the drone. Mm-hmm. They they freeze in this in the statue pose with like yeah. the the cupped hands and and the bowed head and mm-hmm. they're like no matter where what position they're in when they're running they just they snap into that pose. Yeah, with just fascinating. One, with to me. one exception, and that's at the end. And I'm like, but why? That when was when they're all together. Yeah, and Raya is the only one doing that. But that was the one part that confused me. Like, but everyone else was doing the cup. Why? Why didn't mm. they? That well, was there's a, there's a key point because I I, I I I do think that's fascinating. Mm. That that's how they end up when they're in statues, and it creates a really there's a really good beat that I like when they ask the Illinois where her parents are, and all she does is go like that with mm. her hands, and it's mm. like I love that. Mm. I love that. That's how you know she doesn't have to say a word. She just she does the cupped hands, yeah, and you're like, yeah, yeah. yeah they got droned. Yeah. <laughs> you got droomed. You got droomed. Actually, you just do that. You go, you got droomed. <laughs> it's the cup hands. But, but that's true at the end, right? Because it's like, that does seem to break the little rule of it. Yeah. And I guess it's just like, that's where it's like, do we go with the rules or do we go with an emotional visual? Yeah. For do, we, do we do that or do we rule of cool? Do rule of cool. Yeah. <laughs> rule of cool is hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Rule of cool is like, you want to do rule of cool, but then you be, but then like, the rules are also established for a reason, so when, yeah. when can you break rule of cool? And we don't know why the rule... We don't know necessarily why mm-hmm. the rule is in place. It's a really symbolic thing. Yeah. But, like, um, when you have that, you're like, oh, okay, that's the that's what, that's what the thing that's part of the world. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. So when you get that one thing, you're like, 
Hmm. But it's, I mean, it's not that big a deal because, yeah, it is more emotional to yeah. have them all kind of frozen together like that. Mm-hmm. But, but you've been doing, you've been so consistent yes. so far. Yeah. So yeah. why, why this, the inconsistency, I get it, but I don't. I just, like, yeah. I just, part of the visual language of the movie, I just find that really striking. Yeah. I really like that detail. No, it, no, and it's also kind of like heartbreaking to a certain degree because it's like ever, since you know everybody gets into that pose. Yeah. You know that like, oh, that means, like you said, with, with, when you find out what happened to your parents, it's like, yeah. He yeah. does that pose immediately you already have the connection to that. Yeah. And when you see Raya's father do that in the beginning after he like pushes her and yeah. make her for safety and his last pose isn't a no like trying to reach out for her it's immediately going to the cup hand almost prayer like situation. Yeah. Prayer I, situation. I, it, feels, it feels like it, it feels like almost like like supplicating. Like it's an mm-hmm. interesting it's such an interesting like motif and I'm yeah. like I love it. I don't know what it is. I just love. I just love that detail. Yeah, it's very strange. These people. It's yeah. like they're asking for something they can't have anymore. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> oh. now, I got a question. So one of the mm-hmm. things that the dad says is, "I love you." Before he becomes a statue, mm-hmm. and from what I've gathered of speaking to friends who are Asian mm-hmm. or even actually in recent movies, is mm-hmm. saying "I love you" is not a common thing right. in culture. Mm-hmm. Is that? It... It's touchy, right? Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> it's. Um, I think it does, it just, again, shows on which culture you're a part of. Yeah. Okay. And what kind of upbringing you have. And also, this movie is a Western American yeah, movie. Yeah. So you Still, kinda, yeah. So I think there's a line, you know. I think in a Disney film, like, if an Asian character says, I love you, then it's like, okay. <laughs> we have to roll with it. There's a lot of jokes where it's like... You know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of jokes where people online will be like, well, in a, I'm Asian American in a movie where there's dragons and magical sword fighting <laughs> and floating and etc. When the dad says I love you, that's BS. <laughs> Which, well, which is, well, well, I mean, I would make the argument on that logic. Yeah, well, yeah. He was about to die. <laughs> um, so, uh, air quote die. Yes. But I will, you know, yeah. but like. At the end of the day, it's that's not like I will say that doesn't speak for everyone. I, okay, I, yeah, so exactly. I, you know, I mean, like I'm Filipino. We will very comfortably tell each other we love each yeah, other, yeah, yeah, but yeah. we're more like weirdly like, hi, yeah, what's up? We're Filipino. <laughs> Put us yeah. in your movie. So, yeah. <laughs> going into the, yeah, it's uh, I know that's a part of a conversation, like for specifically for like generational Asians. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> that saying "I love you" is kind of harder. Um, I don't know if we can kind of, again, with Raya and its own mixed culture thing, look, that's fine. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day. Um, like, there are other movies I could talk about, but this is not about those movies. Yeah. <laughs> They're even Disney-owned, but I'm not going to talk about them. Oh. Yes. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, because that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I would, but I get that. And I feel like, um, again, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, but for sure, for what, story purposes, right? Like. Just yeah, like, just the dad says I love you. Okay, and then like, like you said, air quote he died. <laughs> Last surviving act before he pushes his own daughter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was my thought. I'm like, well, if you want to go with that, it, you know, either either argument has has weight, right? Just right. because she knew that, it, like, he has given up. Because of <laughs> That's when you know. It's like I know I don't tell you this enough, but I love you. No, that's really bad. And she falls into the water. She's falling. I mean, she did fall in slow motion. Very dramatic slow motion. That's a scene she has with the whole yeah. like. The, yeah. It's like that scene with all with the rest of the fellowship. Air quote. Yeah. Where they're like, "Yeah, my dad's. I loved you before he turned to stone." They're like, "Oh wow, it's kind of serious." <laughs> <laughs> Just a gas, like. <gasps> <laughs> 
You know, I will say uh, on that on that note though, like you know, it, it, it's got this movie's got really good emotional beats. Yeah, yeah, and it, despite the action, and the movie's got great action. Oh yeah, great! I love the fights. I I do. I love the choreography. I do appreciate. I, yes, she is a warrior woman, but the focus isn't on her as a warrior mm-hmm. for the most part. Yes, she knows how to fight, but she's she learns to fight for a reason. Yeah, like she's doing it to become a guardian of the gem. As and this happens when she's like eleven, twelve. I don't know how old she is, but I'm assuming that that's the point <clears throat> when it happened. Um, but usually in these kind of movies, they'll tend to put a lot of focus. Like, see, we have a female warrior character. Yeah. It's and they would have done that in the nineties. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it doesn't feel like that here. I think in marketing, though, it they kind of did push it harder. Yeah, yeah. They push it harder. But if you yeah. watch the film, that's not a yeah. like she can and she, and she is, but it's not the focus of her. No, sorry. And I think it's interesting that like knowing that the original story, like when they originally had Cassie Steele play the role, it sounded like they wanted her to be more stoic. Yes. And someone went, but isn't don't we have? enough of that can't we like freshen that even more mm-hmm. and i you know go back to the use of kelly marie like i think it helps that like yeah like she can get there in uh-huh. her voice performance she can get like yeah as cool and as air quote badass as anything any other hero character mm-hmm. but then there's a levity to her as well yeah. so it's it's a good balance i think and that makes raya a lot more interesting than just making her straight up like sarah connor terminator 2 yeah exactly <laughs> you know um and the thing is, though, uh, I've only known Cassie Steele from one thing, and that's Degrassi. Right. And I don't know her acting ability, mm-hmm. but if the, I mean, this is also the same company that, no joke, replaced John Lithgow as Hades, and they record lines with him. Yeah. With, um, uh, oh my goodness, it's uh, James Woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... They said because John Lithgow just wasn't that, or didn't reach that levels of funny that they wanted. Mm-hmm. Later on, goes on to do uh, uh, Third Rock from the Sun. That's <laughs> Wild the Hero, right? Yeah, yeah. I, didn't even, I didn't know that until right now, but I'm like, wasn't funny enough? That doesn't seem right. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was the idea. Yeah, they, it, James it, Woods funnier than John. I don't like this world at all. <laughs> <laughs> <Mm-mm>. <laughs> it, it wasn't the actually the. Her, if you ever want to listen to oh, um, yeah. listen to our episode for Hercules, that yeah. that history is fascinating. <laughs> like I was shocked how in how crazy that story is. There's but, a lot of Jeffrey Katzenberg in it. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I w- I do want to say like again, <clears throat> what, I mean, we keep going back to this, but. I like that the movie, like, oh, wait, wait, we're going to talk about the performances. There's, there's, they, again, the, the beats are good. The emotional beats are good. When Damari and, um, Raya have their big fight at the end, yeah. because they're both, like, heartbroken, mm-hmm. and there's, like, this, everything is sort of broken between them. I love, particularly, the way that, like, they get to the end, and you're like, oh my god, these two want to kill each other. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, she, she loses, and I love when, like, she's like, I didn't mean to, and there's just that liar, that moment. I'm like, ooh, you feel that. Mm-hmm. It's good. And the movie's not afraid to have, like, the other thing I like, too, is that the movie's not afraid to have quiet moments. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, I love, it's beautiful, but the, I love. The moment on the boat. Yeah, that's a good, oh, yeah. Well, I was thinking of a different one. Yeah. That's another Because I was thinking the moment <clears throat> when they realized, yeah, like, um, oh, I've lost my parents, I lo- uh, lost my siblings, I lost my brother. And they put the uh, flowers in the water mm-hmm. uh, as just a remembrance. It's like, 
That's a beautiful, quiet moment. Yeah. I, I was thinking of the scene kind of almost in the same vein when uh, the the Talon or the, the Fang Warriors are trying to get back to their place and they ride through that sort of like valley mm-hmm. where the, the stone dragons are. Yeah. And it's, there's no words. They're just riding. They slow down. They're taking, they're being incredibly reverent. Mm-hmm. And I love that we have that beat. It didn't have to be there, but the fact that it is further deepens the emotional core of the story. No, um, and my it's funny, I think my personal favorite was actually the, is pretty much in the end of the movie where Raya is going back to heart and the, sh- the camera's kind of low over the grass uh-huh. and it's actually kind of quiet until you see Tuk Tuk and Raya get enter the frame uh-huh. and it's like, it's quietly getting into there. Like, yeah. And normally, you know, Tuk Tuk, the Tuk Tuk riding seats are these vibrant, actiony, yeah. really fun, <laughs> loud noises and here it's, they're quietly going home. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's so beautifully done and like yeah I think that's one of my favorite things about the movie too it's like it will give you those like pretty beautiful moments just chill relax and just admire the visuals and, and let it be in those scenes you know we need those we need yeah. those because if it was breakneck 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 it wouldn't be as good but the, you know the movie has heart mm-hmm. and literally <laughs> big, little, big little thing of it um, yeah exactly <laughs> people live on it yeah <laughs> And I got very emotional at the end of it. Yeah. No, like the 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 whole the finale of it is so kind of a beautiful culmination of the entire message that they wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That what Raya's father wanted and it's great. Yeah. You know, I think that's that that stuff gets that stuff that worked on me when I watched it again. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. It it is unfortunate that COVID did hit and because this movie is actually better than I expected it to be. Mm. and But then again, I had no expectations coming into this because I didn't know anyone who really saw it other than you and a couple others. And, yeah. Uh, the, and some of the responses I've seen on Twitter were kind of unfortunate. Mm. Um, I won't go into depth about that. So, but again, I, it's like, I didn't know what to expect seeing this. So I, I'm glad that it, it was enjoyable as it is and actually as good as it is. And I, I hope people, more people watch this. I, I'm going to recommend this film to more people. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, if it wasn't COVID, if it came out the original intent, which is a holiday Disney movie, mm-hmm. like November or December, uh, it probably would have done fine. And yeah. probably more people would have talked about it. But is that's kind of this whole hope. You can do a whole other thing discussing about the whole Disney premium concept. Mm-hmm. Money on yeah. Disney Plus. Was that a good idea? Uh-huh. You know, um... There's a really weird... Now we're in a really weird era where now we have streaming is a thing. It's a thing. It's not going anywhere. It's going to... Yeah. Know, and people are preferring it over theater. So it's like this uh-huh. weird... This is this weird place where everyone's like, where's the balance? Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, but that's not really... You know, that's not here. That's, yeah, a, that's, 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 that's another podcast. <laughs> but it, I will say for this movie, it's like, I think, you know, we are at a place where it's like, yeah, it's a shame that it, it just sort of came out and no one knew how to feel about watching it the way they presented it to us. Mm-hmm. And... Short of, you know, like, that's the weird thing about that. But I think now that time is, you know, time will always be the real proof of any movie. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, and, yeah. And, we'll and, and as you mentioned, there it's the November versus, release versus, because um, March, have you, so there is a whole theory of, like, when films should be released in theaters. Mm-hmm. And, for like, if you want to see the popcorn flicks, go during the summer. Right. If you want to see the, um, the films that, like, uh, are probably going to go into Academy Awards and all that go for during like Thanksgiving, December mm-hmm. time. 
or in that in this case, the Disney films. And you're right; they are usually released in November, December, early late October time. Mm-hmm. And I feel this was released in March. Yeah. In 2021, mm-hmm. we're still where we're still in like. People are still working from home. People yeah. can't leave, really. Uh, people were the vaccinations weren't as high as they. No, you know, we had right. the, like there. That was still in the early stages of the vaccine. Mm-hmm. I think it was just it was released at the wrong time. Yeah, because yeah. um, wrong time uh, for box office purposes. Mm-hmm. Weirdly poignant time for the message of the film. Yeah. yeah. As yeah. we already discussed, but, so... I mean, once we get into Encanto, we, we've seen the success of that. But that film was released in November mm-hmm. of that same year. Mm-hmm. But that's it's after vaccines have come out, after, like, like drop, there was a drop in, like, COVID um, uh, ratings, or I forget... Cases. Yeah. Cases, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, COVID cases. So that, it came out... At the perfect time, yeah. To, uh-huh. So they could get that success that they need, and I think Raya, if if released properly, yes, I think it would. It probably would get the attention it deserves. Yeah, especially since uh, critics that did see it gave it mostly positive reviews. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> especially like you know, like you're thinking about like kids who are going to watch this movie. Um, I was thinking, like I think. Going back to the Asian American community, where I'm, again, I'm not speaking for everyone. I'm not yeah. the entire. Obviously, I'm not the entirety of the Asian American community. <laughs> yeah, obviously, we're not. We're not putting you on a pedestal. Or yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm not saying that either. But yeah. I, I uh, but to kind of <laughs> put this out there, um, um, they're they're always going to be like for the benefit of seeing how everyone looks in the media, and, and hopefully it's for the positive, and yeah, make sure the right representation, the right message gets put out there. And look, they're gonna, there are a lot of folks who are really critical of this movie for those things if they felt they didn't do it enough. That's, again, entirely opinionated in my feeling and whatever. The kids who will see this movie, who are Thai, who are, you know, Thai, Filipino, yeah. Vietnamese, um, they're already dressing up as Raya. They're already dressing up as, like, Sisu if they want to be. <laughs> um, those kids already knew if they loved this movie or not. And, oh, yeah. Um, it's kind of like how I feel about watching, like, Hook. And, oh. and Rufio. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. like, Dante Bosco playing Rufio. Like, he's not even Filipino in the story. No. But he's a Filip- He's clearly a Filipino actor. Yeah, yes. of course. And he's, like, playing in a Spielberg movie, and he's with Robin Williams, and he's with Dustin Hoffman. So, at the time, clearly, he's, like, the most high-profile representation I saw as a kid. Yeah. And that movie, you can have every criticism possible, and I will even argue, I will agree with some of those. But that impact of seeing Rufio as a child echoes to this day to me. Mm-hmm. And so I feel that this is that times ten, because it's the whole movie yes. of characters that look like kids who are probably watching this movie. Right. In- interestingly enough, when we discussed Mulan, mm-hmm. um, and I decided to look at reviews of this, because I was curious, because... Mulan did not go this uh, this high of effort that they did with Raya. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but it, but there was it, but the reaction. A lot of reactions were the same. They were like, "No, it's not a perfect film by any stretch." But more kids were like Asian kids were able to be like, oh, "There's me on screen," and could dress up. And then if you talk to older um, Asian women mm-hmm. uh, who are who were probably who were kids at the time uh, when Mulan came out. They said, like, it was, gr- yeah, it was great to finally see a character that looked like me. No, 100%. Like, any, uh, you know, any Asian-American uh, woman I know who is around my age, same thing. Yeah. Repeatedly. Like, just, 
uh, especially especially if you're Chinese. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Only, only I'm a Disney princess now. Is essentially what you can say. Even <laughs> like Filipino, you know, friends or even Japanese friends. Like again, they're not. Mulan's uh, nationality, but they don't care. It's like, no, close. I have, close I'm going to get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like me. But um, now this movie exists, so it's like, well, now there's a little more options. Yeah. You know? That's yeah. kind of cool. Uh, it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Representation matters, everyone. Always. <laughs> uh, do we have any final thoughts? or? I'm, I think I've said what I want to say. I love this movie. It was unexpectedly, like, I, I, I thought I, I figured I might enjoy it, but I was not expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, so, uh, I'm gonna, this is like, um, well, this, uh, this was, uh, this was a great, and I would, I definitely revisit it. Yeah, just, uh, I, Justin, I know you asked, like, hey, is there ever any film that your expectations were low, but then it <laughs> this was it. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, this okay. was the film that actually, and we didn't want to say anything, because I know it's like, we're gonna talk about this. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I'm like, um, because I know Dave, like, Dave and I were looking at each other, like, we're gonna, admit that I'm <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah this is like some pre-recorded conversations that we had that yeah if, if listener, any listeners are wondering what's going on and I'm like oh okay because it seemed like you both were like oh yeah well I'm like, oh, alright I guess it's a hard yeah, question to ask this is probably out of all the films we've ever seen this was the one that exceeded our expectations surprisingly okay for cool. the expectations we had going into it that's cool yeah alright yeah no, and I I, adore, I enjoyed it again like mm. I, I really did have a good time with this movie and like um I wish the sword was a toy I can get. Oh, <laughs> like, that I've sword seen, is so cool. Like, I've seen some versions of it that, like, oh, do you make it out of an adult size Disney? Yeah. <laughs> get the whipping motion in there. It's oh, even better. It's so oh, cool. man. It's so cool. You know there's someone in on Etsy who has done this. You yeah, know probably. it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, there's some, yeah, there were some amazing Riot adult cosplayers that came out the last uh-huh. couple years that I was like, look at you. <laughs> I am now going to be actively looking for Riot cosplayers because I know, mm. and I know in like the back of my head of like, I've been at a, I've, I've seen pictures from a con and I've probably seen people doing human Sisu. <laughs> I'm rocking that look. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man. For sure. <laughs> oh man. Justin, thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. For, yep. Oh, absolutely! I'm glad I was able to make it just before you, just before you, you closed the Disney gates. Yeah. <laughs> well, who knows what we're gonna do after this? I just know that we're probably gonna take a well-deserved rest for a yeah. while before we return to Animusings. Yeah, if we, if we would just say first, if we do a season two of Animusings, we're, uh, our focus is gonna be on Don Blue films. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. Nice. It, it'd be a nice to, little, still like a connection, and especially it goes back as far as like the 1980s. So. Mm. Uh, It'd be nice to visit a time that it's like, oh, it didn't come out in 2000 or the 21st century. Uh, where can people find you, or uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, um, so I'm uh, I'm on Instagram at Justin Quiz, uh, Twitter at Justin Keys on. So I have, my, of course, my, I'm still on uh, Nothing New, a remake podcast with my mm-hmm. co-host Andrew Lindy. Um, I do have like a bi this is actually a pro place to pitch it actually or uh, kind of uh, tell people about it. I do have a bi-weekly live Twitch stream movie review oh. called uh, Disney Plus Diversity hey. so this is almost key and we do uh, we do we, we do uh, discuss and uh, me and my host Johnny do discuss uh, reviewing Disney properties movies etc um, we're kind of on our Disney movie channel kick at the oh. So we were like going through a lot of Disney channel movies, um, but we also did episodes on Little Mermaid, The Mighty Ducks, um, Johnny Tsunami, which is probably <laughs> what oh. I was like, weirdly like, why do I like this one so much? <laughs> um, uh, we did, you know, some Marvel stuff, um, we did Shang-Chi, etc. So uh, 
bunch of us that we have a YouTube channel for that, but we also are on Twitch as Disney Plus Diversity. Um, we usually stream every other Tuesday. Just follow the Disney Plus Diversity Instagram account. We'll tell you when our streams are coming up. Um, and I, I'll just go ahead and say, I'm on TikTok as well. <laughs> at Justin Quiz, and I do movie analysis over there, too. Cool. So, Fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's, that's rad. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. So, this is so weird that we've only got... One, at, at least for the time being, one episode left. So we are finishing up this crazy five-year first season of Animusings with Encanto, the 60th film, and Whoa. on our fifth year, fifth year probably anniversary because we did start in June. That's right, June yeah. of 2017 with wow. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yeah. You said you two planned this. <laughs> you, we did, no, we didn't, actually. That's wild. <laughs> I mean, you can hear our old trailer on some other venue shows where I'm going to Moana and beyond. That's how long you it's did, been actually. going on. <laughs> We've been, we're several films past Moana now, which is a crazy thing. Oh, man. Well, this is great. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed the uh, hypothetical ride on the Dragon Towers. It's pretty good. <laughs> I know, I'm, I like that in, in production they made it a little more hoppy, so it seemed like, you know, you're running on rain droplets. They decided to go more water dragon. <laughs> oh my know? gosh, wouldn't that be great if that was a ride? Do it. <laughs> do, do it, it Disney. Disney. <laughs> the Sisu ride, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs>